if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, hour number two is underway. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer for this Wednesday, the second morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Great conversation with attorney Tom Renz and the lawsuit against the state of Ohio. Last half hour coming up in a half an hour, a little bit less at 935. We'll dive into that Chardon controversy uh, with the um, uh, County Commissioner Ralph Spitalieri, Geauga County uh, Commissioner Ralph Spitalieri. What is going on at Chardon and what can the residents and the citizens and the um, parents in that school district do uh, about this atrocity from the superintendent to the school board? But right now I want to talk about the economy. Tremendous op-ed run on Fox Business today. Uh, Trump has real economic record to run on. This is the headline in 2020. Biden does not. RNC hammers home the president's strengths. This was written by Andy Puzder. Andy Puzder, you probably know that name very well. Uh, he is a successful businessman, restaurateur, chief executive officer, was anyway of CKE Restaurants for more than 16 years following his career as an attorney. Now he's a senior fellow at the Pepperdine University School of Public Policy. He joins us on AM 1420 the answer. Uh, Andy, good to have you on our program. How are you, sir? Uh, great, Bob. Good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm actually a Cleveland native, grew up out in Geauga County, uh, so it's, it's good to be talking to people back in the home state. I shared a room and a podium with you briefly a couple of years back with our mutual friend Peter Kersenow, Uh and so I'm very familiar with your story and your history here, and since you brought that up, uh, have you been following or have you heard what happened at Chardon High School with respect to police and uh, uh, the thin blue line flag? No, I, I, I just heard what we, what you just said before you introduced me. I hadn't heard anything about it prior to that. And I have well, a lot just of since, and family in Chardon. I know you do, and since you have that history and that family connection, I'll, I'll, I'll deviate from our, our talking points here on the economy to ask you about it. Here's what happened on Chardon, uh, Chardon's first football game this past Friday night. Uh, the kids carried out an American flag on their way on into, onto the field and an American flag with the thin blue line on it showing support for police. As you know, Chardon has a very close relationship, especially the school with police who helped save lives eight years ago during that terrible school shooting. And uh, one of the Charlotte or Chardon um, uh, football coaches is also a police officer, so it was in support of him. And immediately afterwards, the superintendent declared that's never happening again because that thin blue line flag can be seen as being racially motivated. Um, 
essentially saying that, you know, police can be racist. So, uh, superintendent, the superintendent of schools said that the board, uh, president, school board president backed him on that. And a Chardon, or excuse me, a Geauga County commissioner is calling for his resignation over that. Any thoughts you wanted to offer? Yeah, that's pathetic. I think the decision's idiotic. That's not the, uh, that's not the Chardon, that's not the Geauga County I grew up in. Back then it was, uh, it was okay to love your country. It was okay to be patriotic. It was okay to support the police. And it didn't indicate that you were a racist or an evil person. I think this is a, a terrible trend, and it, uh, it, it hurts me deeply to see that it's reached so far into the heartland that it would happen in, uh, in Chardon, Ohio. Well, I agree with you, and I still think it's the the, the Chardon that you grew up in uh, and know very well is still that Char, uh, Chardon. The Jaga County, I should say, that you grew up in is still that way. I think it's a very, very strong police-supporting community, uh, and I just think there are a couple of politicians, uh, who, in, which essentially a superintendent has to be and a board president, and even the chief of police uh, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't uh, support the, the thin blue line flag because of you know the political nature of his job. So it's really... The people are very in a very different position, I think, than some of the leaders, unfortunately. Well, that's, that's good to hear. It'd be very disheartening if it uh, if you saw Geauga County go down this road. I mean, it's a it's a county with a lot of very decent, hardworking people. I have a brother that still lives there, and as I said, many good friends. Well, uh, and uh, and and that is, you know, we're we're going to talk to the commissioner a little bit later on, and hopefully, we can get some resolution to this. Uh, let's talk about the economy. You know, it's an amazing thing. I, in fact. I was just blown away by what Joe Biden said as part of his uh, his uh, 30 minutes of, of lies uh, in Pittsburgh two days ago. One of the things that he declared is that President Obama and he, he being Joe Biden, saved and rescued a bad economy and turned it into a good economy. And then he said Donald Trump took a good economy and drove it into a ditch. Uh, and he talked about the number of unemployed right now, the number of people who can't make their rent payments right now, and the number of people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially saying COVID never happened, uh, just Donald Trump mismanaged the economy. I was blown away. I mean, I've heard some whoppers before, but that one takes the cake, Mr. Puzder. Yeah, the scary thing is he may even actually believe it, uh, given his, uh, his, his the current state of his memory. But, but look, President Trump inherited uh, an economy with anemic job opportunities, stagnant wages, and people dropping out of the labor force. He cut taxes and regulation, and we saw job opportunities increase dynamically. In fact, when, when, Obiden, when uh, Obama and Biden left office, there were 1.9 million more people unemployed than there were job openings. So you had people who wanted jobs competing with each other to find a job. Within a few months, by August of 2018, the uh, situation turned, excuse me, March of 2018, the situation turned. And for the first time since the government began reporting the data, job openings exceeded the number of people unemployed. That lasted for 24 months, with 17 of those months having over a million more job openings than people unemployed. Employers started competing for employees. There was an employee shortage. You probably remember it was just a few months ago. Wages soared. For the first time in a decade, wage growth went over 3% in August of 2018 under President Trump. There wasn't a single month uh, in uh, post-recession Obama land where wage growth hit 3% a month. We had 20 straight months under President Trump. All of that ended with the pandemic. Now, you may recall President Trump issued a voluntary 
shutdown or a voluntary stay-at-home order in the middle of March. He didn't close states down. He didn't close the economy down. Fifty state governors from both parties shut their respective state economies down in the, in the, uh, in the month following that order. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that a major economy has ever been shut down voluntarily. It was something that was done on a bipartisan basis. It's what, it's what put an end, uh, really, to the strongest uh, labor market that we've had maybe in the history of the country, but certainly uh, since World War II, and, uh, and uh, overcoming what he inherited from, inherited from Obama, which was the weakest economic recovery since World War II. So Trump created this very strong economy by cutting taxes and cutting regulation, basically reversing all of Obama's policies. That ended with a bipartisan shutdown of the economy. And now I got to tell you, 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 don't, you don't hear about this much, but the economy is coming back gangbusters. It's coming back very strongly, even though the pandemic is still with us and will be at least till we get a vaccine or more effective therapeutics. Notwithstanding that, we're seeing incredible signs of, uh, of increasing economic growth. Tell me some of those signs, Andy Puster, because um, what a lot of people are saying, you know, we have really celebrated the last three months of job growth, uh, you know, when it was supposed to be anemic, because, again, we're still in the throes of the pandemic and those lockdowns, shutdowns, et cetera, et cetera, or limited hours and limited capacity and all these other things that are uh, making businesses suffer. Um, we saw what I think it was in June, 4.8 million jobs created and like 2.8 million in July or whatever the numbers were. It was terrific. Um, but the critics are saying, so what? These are just people who were laid off. Well, they're saying these are the people who were laid off during the pandemic, just getting their jobs back. This isn't quote new growth. That's how they minimize the accomplishment. So give me more of those signs that sh- say that even with the pandemic still going on and the repercussions of it still being felt that we're in the middle of a surge. Well, let, let's talk, let's, let's pick up those jobs numbers. So in the last three months, and we'll have, we'll have more job numbers this Friday, but right. for, for May, June, and July, the, the economy created 9.5 million jobs. That's in three go. months. It took Obama 62 months from the end of the recession to create 9.5 million jobs. Just to give you a little context on how dynamic the last three months have been. The last three months, we've seen the unemployment rate come down 4.5 percentage points. It took Obama 72 months from the end of the uh, Great Recession to get the unemployment rate down 4.5 uh, percentage points. U.S. US productivity went up 7.3 percent in the second quarter of this year. That's which is which is uh, as as most people know is uh, uh, April, May, and June. Uh, that's the largest increase since 2009. Economists expected it to go up 1.4 percent. It went up 7.3. Uh, retail sales are now above their pre-pandemic level. We've actually seen retail sales improve to above where they were when we went into this dip. That's incredibly important because consumer spending drives two-thirds of our, uh, of our economic growth. The Institute for Supply Management uh, has shown that uh, manufacturing is now increasing uh, and exceeding pre-pandemic levels. Uh, it hasn't been as high as it is currently since April of 2019. We're seeing home sales, and people probably are more familiar with this than anything else, but the National Association of Realtors reported that Sales of previously owned homes were up 24.7% in July. That's the highest since 2006. And it was the strongest monthly gains ever recorded 
going back to when they started tracking the data in 1968. I mean, look at the stock market. We've actually recovered all the losses. If you've got a 401k plan, if you've got an IRA, if you've got a a public or a private pension plan that you're, you're a part of, if you've invested in a mutual fund for your retirement, or if you've got um, benefits coming on an annuity from an insurance company, all of those all of those protections for your retirement income or to supplement your current income depend upon stock market performance, and the stock market has completely recovered. So we're seeing tremendous, tremendous economic growth. What you're hearing in the media will they'll take this and they've always got to add in this uh, you know chicken little the sky is economically falling language, and well, the pandemic is still with us, and who knows what's going to happen. Well, can you believe that all of this great economic news occurred while the pandemic is still with us, while we're still dealing with the virus? Now, we've, we had a dynamic economy going into this. Now that the shutdowns, now that states are beginning to open up, some, some more than others, uh, we're beginning to see a resurgent economy, and it's the kind of thing that we will continue to see uh, if we reelect President Trump. Uh, coming in the next year or two. We're about to have probably the highest uh, GDP growth in the history of the, uh, of the government tracking GDP data. Everybody's predicting that it will be incredible for Q2. I checked. There's a, an economic model on the Atlanta Fed has it. You can get it online. It's called GDP Now. And they're projecting the GDP for second quarter will come in at 25.9%. That's the highest it's ever been. That that's an amazing thing. Andy Puzder is our guest. Andy, we're out of time here, but I want to give you another an extra minute just to answer this part. On the flip side, if Joe Biden somehow wins this election, he has promised to raise taxes uh, on almost all Americans, certainly on American businesses, which is going to imp- affect American job growth or job opportunities, business expansion. He's going to re-regulate everything that Donald Trump has deregulated. What is going to happen to this economy if he takes over? Uh, the economy will go back into a stagnant phase or worse because his policies are really Obama's disastrous economic policies on steroids. He has no plan for private sector growth. That's, that's important for people to understand. Everything he talks about is growing the government, grow, increasing taxes. Nothing, nothing, not one plan, not one suggestion from the Biden camp says, Here's how we're going to help private sector businesses, small businesses, large businesses grow jobs. And when when you don't have jobs, employees compete for positions, wages stagnate or go down. When you do have abundant jobs, as President Trump showed, wages go up for everybody and unemployment goes down for everybody. We will have the reverse of that result if we elect uh, Joe Biden as president. Andy Puzder joining us this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Terrific analysis. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, sir. Hopefully we can talk again. Anytime. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And good All luck right. in Chardon. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that coming up in a bit. Right now it's 1023. We'll get a quick time out and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. So what I said to uh, Andy Puzder at the beginning of our conversation last segment um, about support in Geauga County, I really believe that. In fact, I saw a video from my friend Mario who uh, posted a video with from the uh, Geauga Conservative Club, Geauga County Conservative Club, uh, expressing anger and, and uh 
and very passionately supporting our police, but expressing anger at the superintendent of schools at Chard, Michael Hanlon. Um, and I meant what I said to Andy Puzder. They think the people of Geauga County are still very good, strong, law-abiding, law uh, and order-supporting, police-supporting people. But um, this is just a political stunt, maybe forced because of the politics of the day, because of the political correctness, and because of all of this nonsense that's going on around the country with Black Lives Matter, etc. But here's the thing. Right now, today, police in one American city, at least one, this one we know about because the FBI warned them, are on guard from being shot by gangs who have made a pact to shoot any cop they see on site that has his weapon drawn on any suspect in public. The Chicago Police Department confirmed that the FBI sent them a memo saying they have uh, intel that says street gangs will shoot cops on site if they have their weapon drawn in public. Now, that is an extraordinary situation. Cops, open season on cops. If cops are doing their jobs, they can be shot by gang members. Now, I realize that's Chicago, not Chardon, or not Geauga County. But that gives you the state of policing today. Police officers have never been in more peril. They have never been in need of support more than they are right now. And here comes a high school football team showing support with a thin blue line flag, which is very, very positive for the morale of the of the police. And the Charlotte, or excuse me, Chardon superintendent of schools and the board president say you can't do that because that can be seen as racially motivated. Unbelievable. Ralph Spitalieri is the... Um, is a commissioner on the Geauga County Board of Commissioners. He says Hanlon's got to go, and he'll join me next on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-five. we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Good Wednesday to you. My apologies for not having time for phone calls today. We've had uh, great guests all the way around, and that continues right now. We all know the state of policing in America. It's really at an all-time critical situation. Uh, in Chicago, as noted uh, last segment, they have declared open season on cops. Gangs have made a pact. They will shoot cops, any cops that have their weapons drawn, in public. Uh, there are calls to defund police from all over this country and all the way up to the top of the Democrat Party with the presidential nominee, Joe Biden, who said he would reallocate funds, yes, absolutely, away from police and into other organizations. There are votes in city councils to abolish or reimagine police. And right now, because of that, police officers, in my view, are in greater need of public support than ever before. They need people to show support for what they do. They are that thin blue line between law and order and anarchy and chaos, between crime and protection. That's what the thin blue line represents. They need our support. And now in the middle of all of this, they get some support from a bunch of kids at Chardon High School on a football field carrying an American flag as they jogged onto the field last Friday. And a thin blue line American flag. Only to be told by superintendent of schools in Chardon, Michael Hanlon, that that's got to go. You're not doing that anymore because that flag could be interpreted as being racially motivated. That's right. He declared that the thin blue line flag can be seen as racially motivated because cops can be seen as racists. That is just about as uh, bad as it really gets. 
And uh, my next guest agrees. He is a commissioner in Geauga County, one of the three members of the Board of Commissioners, and that is Ralph Spitalieri joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Ralph, it is good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? I've been better, my man. Uh, look, I'm, I'm uh, sorry for the colloquial attitude there. I'm just, I'm very profoundly frustrated by this. I live about as far away as you can from Chardon and still be called Northeast Ohio. They're far east side. I'm far west side, all the way out in Illyria. And I am still livid that this happened because the people of Chardon and the students of Chardon deserve much better. You wrote a very strongly worded letter uh, demanding the resignation of Superintendent Michael Hanlon. Can you tell us why? Um. Obviously, Bob, you know my background also as a law enforcement officer. I'm one of the county commissioners now, but uh, it's a it's it's just been a situation where you know we have just completely watched our entire country uh, decay as far as the, the just the simple respect that for our officers and 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 the, the hard job that they do. And the 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 biggest thing that that I saw was you know that these young men. You know, we're courageous to, to be able to run the field um, any more than the way that, 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 that the media has portrayed that even carrying the regular American flag is, is, is wrong. And, and let alone, you know, for, for one of them to be carrying the blue line flag that um, has been basically, you know, quoted by uh, the superintendent Hanlon as a uh, potentially racist uh, figure and uh uh, politically uh, biased uh, connotation, which is is absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. That blue line represents, you know, our officers that have fallen in the line of duty, and as a, as a basically a record, you know, a recognition of our men and women that are putting the uniform on every day to protect and serve. That's just that simple. And I, I guess the biggest thing, Bob, that you know that really struck me is this same school district. You know, in February of twenty uh, seventh of two thousand and twelve, there was there were six students that were shot at in the cafeteria. Five were hit. Three young three young men passed away. What we basically got is region where. We've, we had those officers selflessly enter into that building, and most of those officers that, 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 have, that happened to be at, at that location that day um, are still on the job today and have to be able to work through this type of a, of a, of a thank you and a slap of the face. Just finally had enough, and somebody needs to call him out. Well, you're right. Uh, I could not agree more with anything that you just said, Ralph Spitalieri of uh, Geauga County and the Board of Commissioners. Uh, for those who don't know, in addition to being an officer, you are the Vice President of Blue Line Unlimited. I have worked with your group trying to help promote it when it got started back in 2016, along with Dan Clemeni yep. and Jim Bucks and others. And we'll talk about that in a second again, too. But, Ralph, uh, you writing a letter asking for Michael Hanlon's resignation for his unbelievable and indefensible comments about a thin blue line flag in support of police, 
um, it's going to fall flat because he has the support, it would appear, of the board, uh, the school board. The board president, Madeline Horvath, uh, issued a statement essentially saying, we support Superintendent Hanlon and the administration in denying any future use of the thin blue line flag because it can be seen as being racially motivated. So she agreed and doubled down. So you've got a school board and an administration and a superintendent who all are slapping these officers in the face. Your thoughts on that? I saw the letter this morning, and to be quite honest with you, I just had an absolute knot in my stomach when I saw that. And I think that this is the point in time where, you know, the reality is is, is we serve the, the, the residents and the constituents of our towns. And those school board members, I, I believe in my heart, and, 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 and the, the other thing is, is I'm also a resident of that Chardon school district. Um, I think that they have basically put a nail in their coffin as far as any future elections. And, and the biggest thing that they've also jeopardized is the students to be able to ever have a chance to get a levy pass. People are not going to support this. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a hard situation because at the end of the day, you know, these decisions that they make are long-lasting and, and they have, have some incredible um, returns, both positive and negative in this case. It's a huge negative, but but the people of this county, the people of Chardon, they know that they deserve better. These the, the people are are great people, and I can tell you, um, talking with someone yesterday from Channel Three that said they have never had this type of a response on a on a on a on a social uh, media post that was this strong, leaning in one direction. To, to, to support the removal of the superintendent. And now it's a situation where, you know, my phone has been blowing up this morning. Um, what is it that they can do to start to go after the school board to look at what legally um, legal options are to remove, start to remove the members of the school board for taking, you know, the, the, in, my, in my opinion, the coward, you know, position with this superintendent. And, and it's, it's not what their constituents want, and they are acting 100% independent on this and not to what the voters and the, and the school members want. Um, Ralph Spitalieri, Commissioner in Geauga County, um, the statement made by the superintendent and by the, the board president was that the blue line flag, the thin blue line flag, can be seen by some as being offensive, and that's why it must go. Does it not stand to reason, then, that the American flag can also be viewed viewed by some as being offensive and also must go? And I mean this very seriously. If they're going to say this about the police flag, um, then they have to be consistent. Are they willing to ban the American flag? As you know, from the Kaepernick thing that started a few years ago to where it is all over professional sports right now, many, uh, particularly minorities, uh, view the American flag as a symbol of hatred and racism and, and all kinds of negative stuff. So if the idea of removing the thin blue line flag is because some people might see it as being racially motivated and it's a symbol that can't be allowed because of that, are they going to remove the American flag too? So the answer to your question is, is, is exactly yes. We had three, three or four uh, veterans that are, that are yesterday. 
And that exact statement came up from them. If they can take this, the next thing is going to be the American flag. 100% this is exact. You are spot on. So um, how is that going to be handled if that happens? Uh, and and, and you know, I'm wondering if you or if somebody else in the community, somebody in a position, whether it's a position of authority like you in an elected office or not, I, I want somebody to ask the superintendent and the school board directly, why are you allowing the American flag to be presented? Because that is something that many people, I shouldn't say many, but some people find offensive. You have already acknowledged that your default position is going to be to remove things that some people find offensive. That includes the American flag. I mean, what we're talking about here, Ralph, and I know you know, this is quite frankly a, a massive assault on free speech. It's the First Amendment. That flag and the American flag, uh, you know, they don't get removed because somebody finds it offensive. That's the nature of, of protection of free speech. Absolutely. So what's interesting, Bob, is, um, you know, I have uh, spent the morning uh, reaching out to a number of other elected officials. And and I, I'm not going to mention all their names at this point, but I am compiling a list of the different elected officials from, from all the different uh, municipalities, um, you know, townships, villages, to basically, you know, put together exactly where do they stand on? Are they in support of having, you know, Mr. Hamlin removed or to, to basically, you know, request him to say, you know, voluntarily do the right thing and step down? And what happened was, is, is I got the same exact answer from probably 90%. I had a few that pretty much said, I stand behind you 100%, and it's, it, it is, you are totally right. But everybody else basically was, was wobbling, you know, basically just trying to take that neutral stand. Well, I need to find more information out. I don't know this. But then when I asked them a series of questions, did you see my letter? Did you see the superintendent's letter? And did you see the board's letter? Ninety percent of those calls all said yes, but still needed to get more information. And this is what's wrong in our country: is that that you know, Mr. Hamlin and the board had many had had just as much time as I did to to, to trans to basically to transcribe a letter and to be able to put down in writing. And 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 you had the opportunity to review what you wrote and be good with what you wrote to put it out there. No different than what I did. And I'm here standing. Now you're standing here with you to tell you that I support 100%, and not my my position has not changed, nor will it change, of what I put on my letter, and and this is where the problem is. We need to hold all political uh, parties and and, and political um, elected officials at task on this to come together in unity, because that is where you have strength in numbers, and 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 the residents now more than ever. Are they're, they're scared about the election. They're scared about the future of this country. They're scared for their children's safety. All of these things that have, that, that have basically developed. And what we're basically doing is, is we, are, we have a, a civil responsibility to this country, to the kids of this country, and to the future of this country to make good, sound decisions. And, and unfortunately, if you have bad elected officials that can't have the backbone to stand up for the right thing, then they have to go, and they've got to be exposed. You know, I give kudos to our, our county prosecutor in Geauga County. As soon as this happened, changed his Facebook uh, profile page with the blue line flag. You know, our sheriff, same thing. It's, this, is, this is what is needed 
to be able to send a message to say, we stand behind our law enforcement. You know, I can tell you, Bob, all the years of going on to, you're putting a uniform on, going into the gist of the job. There was one of those times that we basically came into the, to the department to say, who are we targeting today? You know, and, and, and the whole thing of this whole racist part, that really, really got me, got my vote. I proudly serve with all races, creeds, religions, ethnicities, everybody yeah. on the police department that we all wore the same uniform and respected and cared for each other. And, and our job was to go out and do the right for the people. And, and, and what is, and I, I told Channel 3 yesterday in the interview, there is always, always going to be a bad apple. I don't care what sure. it is. There's going to be a bad apple. But I will tell you this, 99.9% of the, the men and women that put that uniform on, those people are there for the right reason. And, and they have families just like everybody else. And they want to go home at night. And guess what? They are not making the big dollars that other professions give them. But just like our military, our military guys don't make big money, but they are there protecting us. And, 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 it's, and it's finally gotten to the point where People need to wake up. What are we going to do for to call for help? Are we going to call? You know, we are going from a democracy to tribe. That's what what, what we're doing. It's going. It's, we are basically separating ourselves into these groups, and we have to wake up and we have to call people to task. Ralph, I know you could go on about this for a very long time because you're passionate about it, as you should be, as every officer should be and every supporter of law enforcement should be. We're going to keep on top of this. Just know, and I know you do know because in your first response today, you talked about the community and how many people have called you and showed support. I've got um, uh, a rally here in front of me that is being planned for Friday night in the next game. Support Chardon football players, thin blue line. Game starts at 7. Starting at 6 p.m., people are invited to line the sidewalk outside of the football stadium. This would not be then a school-sponsored event. It's a peaceful event, honorable honorable behavior expected. Bring your thin blue line flag and wave it, or homemade signs as well. And it's already got a couple of hundred people. This just went up on Facebook. It's already got a couple of hundred people who say that they are coming, over 1,000 interested. So yeah, I know you and the players have the support of the community, and hopefully that kind of messaging will be received by the superintendent and by the school board so that they reverse themselves on this ridiculous slap in the face to police officers. Commissioner Ralph Spitalieri, thank you so much for what you're doing, and uh, keep us abreast of the situation out there in Chardon, okay? I definitely will, Bob. And, and, thank you. And, and to you, I thank you for always uh, keeping keeping our, our, our officers in your uh, thoughts and prayers and always uh, giving us a, a positive chance. And, Amen. And, and, it's and a- thank you enough. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much, Ralph. That's Ralph Spitalieri. I mentioned uh, to uh, Ralph at the beginning of this call that I remember that he is a part of Blue Line Unlimited. If you don't know what they are, log on to bluelineunlimited.com. It was founded in uh, 2016. It provides assistance to families and officers in the way of benefits, training, education, equipment, etc. Their goal is to be the largest nonprofit organization benefiting law enforcement throughout the United States. Uh, tax-exempt uh, 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 nonprofit organization, and your donations to them are tax-deductible. So if you want to show support for police officers in a bigger way, in a better way, 
uh, log on to Blue Line Unlimited and make a donation because all of their money goes to the families of officers in need in various times and situations. Uh, that's Blue Line Unlimited. I really, really strongly support that organization. All right, 1052, final segment coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. Through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, short segment to wrap it as always, but let's uh, make uh, let's make use of it. We'll go to Shard now, and Al is there on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Al. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, why can't they impeach these guys? I mean, like Rashida Tlaib wanted to, you know, the her famous line, uh, "Impeach the MFR." Uh, you know, it's like. They're elected officials. Why can't there be a petition drive in uh, that area, Chardon, and, uh, you know, get these people impeached? Uh, the whole school board. Well, you know, as far as as far as the superintendent, he is uh, hired and serves at the pleasure of the board of uh, education. The board members are all elected officials. I doubt very seriously there is any impeachment clause in in the law in a city statute or, or anything like that that can make you remo- or that can allow you to re- uh, remove a sitting board member. But yes, they do have to answer to the voters and and run for another term. So each and every one of these board members that opposes uh, that opposes the cops can be voted out eventually. They should still, um, the county commissioner should try to change that wording so they can be impeached if something like this happens. Uh, that's my view. Yeah, and you know, I don't know what. Well, here's the thing. That's a thanks for the call. That's obviously a county office, uh, and I would imagine that it's the city that would establish the laws uh, by statute as it pertains to the school districts. There's all kinds of crossing over of, of boundaries and, um, uh, and of, uh, jurisdictions here. I'm not sure who would actually make the rules that say, hey, when we vote for our school board members, uh, if we don't like what they're doing, we can't impeach them. I don't think that could be done at the county level, though. Let me squeeze one more in. 30 seconds for you, Mike, in Columbia Station. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Mike, are you good? I got 30 seconds. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll call you back tomorrow. It's going to take longer than 30 seconds, though. Oh, okay. Sorry okay. about that. Yeah, we're up against the bottom of the hour. Thanks for, or the top of the hour, rather, in the end of the show. Thanks for the call back, though, uh, tomorrow. Uh, I would be happy to talk to you. Thanks also to our guest today. I, I apologize. We didn't have time for many calls at all today because we had a lot of great guests on. Uh, thanks to attorney Tom Renz, who is representing the uh, um, Ohio Stands Up lawsuit against uh, the state, and Mike DeWine. Thanks also, of course, to Andy Puster talking about the economy with us and thanks to uh, commissioner ralph spillieri who joined us just moments ago and thanks to you for listening thanks to andy and marcy running the show uh be with us tomorrow for dr everett piper and uh ohio values voters as well we'll see you then bye-bye